Hello, and welcome to American Road Trip Talk, where we introduce you to the people and places behind the stories in American Road Magazine. I'm Foster Brown, your host. In the spring 2014 issue of the magazine, Tunnel Vision highlighted the birth of a new scenic roadway, the Nanticoke Heritage Byway, which will eventually traverse parts of southern and western Delaware. In this podcast, Dan Parsons, an historic preservationist for Delaware, tells us about the importance of this unique byway and its link to the beginnings of our nation. To keep up with the Nanticoke Heritage Byway development, visit their Facebook page. Today's interview is brought to you by the Illinois Road 66 Scenic Byway, where the Mother Road begins. From famous roadside restaurants to hidden gems, Route 66 in Illinois offers a journey back in time. And history comes alive every day in Springfield, Illinois. It's interactive time travel fun for the entire family. For more about great getaway packages, call 800-545-7300 or go to visit-springfieldillinois.com. Illinois, mile after magnificent mile. In the spring issue of our magazine, we went east and had an article about a new heritage byway that has sprung up in the state of Delaware. And with us right now to talk about that and find a little more about it is Dan Parsons, who is the historic preservation planner for Sussex County. Dan, thank you very much for joining us here on American Road Trip Talk. Thanks for having me. Dan, first of all, uh, let get, help people get a sense of where the general area is we're talking about in the state of Delaware, that the, the new Nanticoke Heritage Byway is, is placed. Sussex County is the southern county of uh, three counties in Delaware, uh, Newcastle, Kent, and Sussex is the lower county, and it is about half the size of the state. Um, and the area that we're focused on, we have the Delaware Bay on the east side and, and the resort towns of Rehoboth, Dewey, Lewis, etc. And then we have the western side of the county, which happens to be in the Chesapeake Bay watershed in the Nanticoke mm-hmm. River. And there are two distinct cultures. The western side is distinctly Chesapeake, and the eastern side is distinctly Delaware Valley. So, and also, interestingly enough, the area that uh, most of western Sussex County has, uh, was indeed Maryland before the American Revolution. So that's something oh. we uh, we kind of highlight before. You know, the Lord Proprietors had uh, argued over the line since the inception, I guess, in Lewis <laughs> in 1631, and they never settled. The Mason-Dixon line actually settled the trend. Peninsula Line and the Mason-Dixon Line actually settled the dispute in 1771. That's an interesting aspect, but again, the Nanticoke River is um, is a pristine body of water, and along its banks, we focus on uh, the traditions that evolved around the waterways, such as the mills, the iron, uh, bog iron industry that, that flourished here before the Revolution, and as well as shipbuilding and agricultural production. Okay. Now, and, and on the other side of the, uh, matter of fact, somebody described this to me as uh, the western side of Delaware finally getting its due because in many ways the eastern side of um, of Delaware has, with the resort towns on the ocean, um, have gotten uh, more than their fair share of attention and kind of uh, left the western side to be uh, in its shadow. Exactly. The tourist business in Delaware, I think it fluctuates between one and two with agriculture and tourism is the number one industry in the state. Well, and um, so, yes, they do generate a lot of revenue and have a lot of attention. Sure. Um, you know, millions of tourists go there every year. So what we're trying to do is package, uh, kind of put into context 
the area that is western Sussex and try and bring people from the beaches to the western side of the county to enjoy the rich heritage and culture that exists there. We're talking with Dan Parsons, by the way, who is the historic preservation planner for Sussex County, which is that uh, third and southernmost county in Delaware. Dan, you mentioned some of the things uh, that were unique on that western side of the Chesapeake Bayside, which were mills, bog iron, and shipbuilding. Now, the first and the last, I can understand, but bog iron, tell me about that. (laughs) Interestingly enough, when the settlers came here, there were no Lowe's or any hardware stores, so they needed (laughs) implements. They needed nails and hoes and, and, uh, you know, uh, to make uh, for their casts, for their hog heads, you know, uh, of tobacco and such, so they needed iron rings and all that material. So it seemed that when the settlers first came, they were looking for iron in in the Nanticoke River, up in its uh, upper watershed is uh, is very swampy, and a lot of iron had collected there. So what we had in the area called around Concord in Middleford, we actually had uh, four iron furnaces. They're all relics now, but we have a site in Concord that we worked with the state, and they purchased it. It happens to be the uh, site of the furnace. Uh, steamships were huge, so they had a steamship wharf and had three mills at the site, and they wow. were building ships as well. So these furnaces had to be run for nine months continuously, so they had to have 24 hours a day. They, so in between these these furnaces grew these communities of people. Again, they no longer exist. Much right. of them uh, much of them disbanded after the revolution or during the revolution. But it is an interesting aspect wow. of uh, of the history here that's not well known, and we're trying to interpret that as well. You you mentioned interpreting it, and I know that's your passion as a historical preservationist. When people uh, take this new Nettico Heritage Byway, first of all, let's talk about uh, the route a little bit itself, and maybe along the way you can talk about some of the highlights that people will see as they're taking the new route. Route 13, U.S. Route 13, kind of transects or bisects the, the eastern shore, and on the eastern side, it's Route 113. So what we're trying to do is get people off of Route 13 as they travel south to the beaches, etc. We'd like to get them off the beaten path a little bit to explore. Mm-hmm. And actually, above the town of Seaford, which uh, is the largest town in Sussex County, municipality, uh, in the winter time, it uh, has a population of about 12,000 people. Just above Seaford, there is a mill, and that's the first site on the byways. Colonel Hearn and Rollins Mill, and it was built in around 1890, and it's no longer in operation. But again, we worked with the state to purchase the, the the mill, and we're looking at ways through the byway management plan to convert it into a visitor center and interpretive uh, site, and a museum setting. So, and there's an actual the pond, the Hearn's Pond is there. They have a boat ramp, and you can fish and enjoy the amenities mm. at, at the pond. Pond right now it is public, but again, plans are in the next few years to have it open. Yep. the public. And then we traverse down uh, Hearn's Road and we come to another site of the Cannon Maston House, which was built in 1727. We, uh, I worked with uh, the Sussex County Land Trust to purchase the 60-acre site and house, and we're working on plans to convert that to a public park, and we're restoring the 1727 structure back to it. It's a wow. Maryland parlor house. Mm. Again, uh, the, in 1727, we're looking at the frontier, and these right. and, and uh, the patenter of the land, James Cannon, in 1696, he patented the tract called Ickford. 
He also patented Cannon's Regulation, which is in a little town called Woodland. And there's the, the Woodland Ferry is arguably the oldest operating ferry in the country. Wow. It was, uh, it was, it was begun sometime in the 1740s, but probably earlier than that, but we don't have any documentation. See, again, much of that was Maryland, so that was Dorchester County. And unfortunately, the records for Dorchester were burned in 1850. The court records for Dorchester mm-hmm. County were mm-hmm. burned, and so we don't really know that much about it. But the beautiful town of Seaford, uh, we, we have the, the DuPont nylon plant. That was the birthplace of nylon. And really? DuPont put a fact- yes, sir. Uh, DuPont put a factory there. The DuPont family put a factory there in the 30s. And it really was a boom town for much of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Regretfully, it's 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 only a, a shell of what it used to be, right, but it right. still employs about 100 people. But again, it's a it's a good interpretive site. It is a national chemical landmark, <laughs> and because it was the birthplace of nylon, sure. And nylon nylon transformed you know our oh, our, our way of life. And again, the Seaford Museum interprets. They have a if you like you know small rural museums. Seaford Museum is a wonderful place to visit. We're, we're talking, by the way, with Dan Parsons, who is historic preservation planner for Sussex County, in the southern part of Delaware. It sounds like a lot of this uh, the the Nanticoke uh, Heritage Byway is a way of connecting some of these um, western uh, points on in the state of Delaware at, for development. I mean, that's part of your plan is to be, as you said, get people off of Route 13, away from the coast and down into some of the um, communities on the west side, discover some of this pre-revolutionary history, which I think is mm-hmm. absolutely fascinating. Is there a place that people can go to get uh, a little more detail, let's say, on the route itself and the map, let's say, to, to follow the routes. Because I know there are many of our listeners who love getting off the main highways and will want to you know, f- have a little map to follow this. We are in the uh, midst of finishing our corridor management plan. We've developed a website, uh, the, the Nanakoke heritagebyway.com, and then you can go to the uh, uh, Delaware Department of Transportation, DelDOT website, and the information is on their website as well, and the byway coordinator is named Anne Gravat, and she's been wonderful in helping facilitate. So yes, there is information. The website should be up and running by the end of the summer. Okay. Uh, as a matter of fact, the Sussex County Council sponsored the byway. They'll be hosting the website, and basically we're going to have itin- we've been working with Southern Delaware Tourism to develop itineraries uh, for people to try, you know, one day, half day, you know, visits to the route. It traverses about 38 miles in and around the towns of Seaford, Bethel, Laurel. And the route actually terminates at Trap Pond State Park in Laurel, outside of Laurel, which is uh, the northernmost stand of uh, bald cypress in the United States. Wow. And they have a wonderful visitor center there and about 2,000 acres of uh, – I just rode my bike around there with my son on Father's Day. So we took about a 10-mile bike ride around the pond. And they, you know, so it's a wonderful place to get information about the route and the area as well. That sounds great. All right. Now, listen to that. It, it sounds almost like uh, – People who are listening right now can be part of exploring this area, which was just, as you're speaking of it, was kind of that cradle of the American culture as it was growing uh, pre-revolution. I would like to say John Smith, the, the John Smith National Water Trail comes up the Nanticoke River at the Broad Creek. There's a place called Phillips Landing where John Smith landed, and he wrote about the Native Americans. There were ten tribes, ten towns when he came here, and we are also going to be interpreting you know, the Native American aspect of the route to Excellent. the Nanticoke tribe. So I just wanted to get that in there.
the Quakers, the religion formed in around 1650. Right. Well, in 1660, Virginia made it illegal to be a Quaker because they wouldn't swear on a Bible and they would free their slaves. Wow. So they they pushed them up farther up the peninsula, and the Quakers actually were instrumental in establishing the Somerset County in uh, 1662 in Maryland. And that's notable because Somerset County was the entire area, and it included much of what is lower Delaware today. And it was just an immense county. And the, the battles that went on in court records, just an interesting history that needs more attention. Yeah, and in many ways, Dan, it sounds like uh, uh, Delaware was kind of a microcosm of some of the bigger battles that were going on, both religious exactly. and political. What you've done for us here, too, I think has given some people uh, uh, a challenge, which I know they love. They love to get off those main highways and to explore these areas, which you are busy developing right now. So, folks, that's the Nanticoke Heritage Byway, and it's in Delaware. It's in the western part of Delaware. Dan Parsons has been our guest here, and he is a historic preservation planner for Sussex County. Dan, thank you so much for helping us to uh, start our explorations now of Delaware, especially this southwestern part of the state. Thank you. Thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you. This interview was brought to you by the Illinois National Heritage Corridor, which lies between Lake Michigan and the Illinois River. It's an outdoor recreational dream, beginning with miles of trails and waterways, stretching from suburban Chicago all the way to Starve Rock State Park. The Heritage Corridor has everything you're looking for in a weekend getaway or your next tour or meeting. You've been listening to another edition of American Road Trip Talk where we introduce you to the people and places behind the articles in American Road Magazine. Please subscribe to our regular podcast interviews through iTunes or your favorite podcast application. Visit us online at AmericanRoadMagazine.com for more information about the magazine, trip itinerary suggestions, fun contests, and a whole lot more. Until we meet again on the American Road, this is Foster Brown reminding you that the joy is in the journey.